Hello and welcome to Arty Party, celebrating participatory arts in the Northeast. My name's Jay Sykes and welcome to our party. We share the work of artists and creatives living and working in the Northeast. Whether grassroots, emerging or established, anyone's invited. Join me each week as we celebrate and talk about things that are important to us as a creative community. Projects and passions, events and exhibitions, artistic practice and advice. So grab some nibbles and I'll introduce you to today's guests. The first SR1 residency exhibition at Mackey's Corner. The nine months of work that its two Sunderland-based artists have created on board their nine-month residency. It's a project led by Norfolk Street Art CIC, who work for the benefits of creative practitioners and Sunderland's wider community. And with us today is its director and independent curator, Vinnie Todd. Hi. Welcome back to Arty Party. How are you, darling? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I really want to hear all about what the latest has been with the SR1 residency, because it's been such a journey for you and for your CIC. It started through funding as me as an individual. Um, I've now set up a community interest company and we've developed um, studio spaces alongside that with NBC Arts Wellbeing. We've received further funding to renew the residency for another year mm-hmm. through NBC Arts Wellbeing. So it's it's transferred over from me as an individual practitioner to NBC Arts Wellbeing now. Well, congratulations. And let's talking about this partnership, he's also with us. So um, Vinny's CIC are working in partnership with NBC Arts Wellbeing CIC, who deliver arts and wellbeing projects across Sunderland, as well as business mentorship, rentable creative spaces, and of course, these artist residencies. And if you've been walking down the Sunnyside area, chances are that you've seen the developments taking place on the grade two listed buildings as this little creative empire builds and builds with the aim to support more emerging artists so please welcome to arty party director of nbc arts wellbeing cic mark burns gassell good morning mr sykes good morning longest introduction (laughs) i just don't like it (laughs) so you guys are working in partnership with each other and as far as i'm aware uh, nbc arts wellbeing has been around longer than norfolk street yeah marginally yeah we were around in another form prior to that as nbc ceramics limited Mm. but that didn't really fit our wider aims for the community so we made the decision about uh how long ago about two years ago to change uh the structure of the company to be a community interest company and really that was when the uh when things really start to get exciting, to be honest, you know. So um, we, we set up the kick. We realised there was a whole world of grant funders out there that were absolutely nipping at our heels to support what we're doing and help to uh, take their place in the regeneration of the city with uh, with us as a vehicle for that. And it's it's just been a story of success ever since then, you know. So we're really keen with our Norfolk Street project to to share some of what we've learned and, and overcome this idea that, you know, it's, it's our secrets and it's our audience. We're, we're not like that at all. We've got a very, very open door policy. And the idea of our artist studios with, with the mentoring is to pass on to people who are emerging artists who want to learn, who realise they don't necessarily know it all already, that we can really help them work with them and, uh, and teach them, you know, the nuts and bolts of, of how to put in a really strong funding bid. What a fantastic ethos. And thank you so much there for joining us today on Arty Party, where it's all about sharing creative practice and helping to make things more easygoing for people. Yeah, that's what we're about. Nice, easy life, huh? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
We might be uh, speaking a foreign language. So for those who have not heard of the term CIC or CIC, can you give us a breakdown of what form of company a CIC is? Yeah, so a CIC sort of sits between a charity and a limited company. So a limited company is there as a profit-making entity for the benefit of its director's board. And it's legally, it's quite a safe model to operate under because any financial accountability is limited to the limited company, hence the name limited. Whereas a charity, you have a committee, you have boards, you have uh, an appointed chief executive who is responsible to the board. There's, there's a lot more bureaucracy around associated with the charity. There's a lot more paperwork. You've got more people involved, which implicitly takes away some of your ability to make fast decisions. I think when you're an emerging company, you you need a bit of agility to be able to respond to things as they arrive. And charities on the whole, you know, and, and there are obviously exceptions, operate a little bit more slowly because any ideas have to be put before the board and decided. So the kick model sits right in between. So it's it's a not-for-profit entity, which is great. You've got a little bit more of the autonomy that a limited company would offer. You don't have to have a board. You have to have two or three directors. So it's it's like a leaner way of decision-making that also opens you up to a limited world of grants. I, you know, we worked out what is it about fifteen percent of grant funders actually like to fund kicks or do fund kicks, and everyone's in it for supporting charities, of course. But in order to get your organisation to a certain size, we thought that a great route to do that would be the kick model. So, you know, charity for us is kind of down the line and we hope to get to that point once we're more established. But the work isn't nearly done yet, really. Yeah, we need probably quite a stronger track record to go down the charity route. I mean, you can set up a charity with a, a short track record, but I think if you're going to make a charity, you want like a, a long, good, strong track record of grant funders. Because you, you need to be in a se- secure position where you've already established your character, your identity, there's cash flow coming through, you've already got delivery that's ongoing. And at that point, when, when things have stabilised a bit more, then you can you can look at becoming a, a charity. That that's my view anyway. You know. Yeah, yeah, and I know like for example, like the Newbridge project that wasn't a charity originally. That was a kick for about ten years. Mm-hmm. So it operated under a different name as well. So um, in terms of like how these kind of organisations that are quite well established in other cities have come about, like the larger charities, they didn't start off that way. So we're probably beginning that road now. Clearly, grants and applications are a huge part of both of your processes and the way that you operate as uh, community interest companies. A lot of funders like to see, as a community interest company, that you've got your own independent revenue streams oh. as well. So we do a little bit of everything, and we're really pushing at the minute to, to try and develop our independent revenue streams as well. So I'd, I'd say probably about 90% currently of what we do is funded, but there's always scope to, to do more things. and. and as an organisation, we're, we're working more widely with other people across the city and we've started new initiatives so such as our artist mentoring uh, programme. You know, that's, that's obviously independent of grant funders. That's our own initiative that's done independently. And for us, we've got our Give It A Go sessions as well, which have been phenomenally popular uh, across the city and beyond. We have people coming even from over the water to access those, which is unheard of for Sunderland, I think. And we're doing things like blacksmithing, soap making, candle making. We've done willow weaving, uh, body moisturisers, lip balm. 
farms. We've just managed to secure funding for a, a lovely great big glass kiln that you could get inside. Not that you'd want to do that. You know, it's, it's a nice big old thing. You'd have a, you could have your own arty party inside our kiln if you wanted. So we just not switch it on. It on. Yeah, Please. exactly. <laughs> um, so it's we're enough in these studios sometimes. <laughs> so we're now going into uh, into fused glass, glass with copper foiling as well, and and rolling that program out. But but actually, you know, credit must be given to to places like Sunderland Local Authority because we've had a contract with the adult education team there for, well, it was the making of us really, you know, seven or eight years ago whenever it was and we got our first little baby contract from them. It was a really significant step and I realised that that was, that was our route forward and we've kept that on. Other contracts have come and gone but we've always enjoyed delivering Sunderland City Council's adult education provision and we've now got one of the biggest community learning contracts in the city, which, you know, for, for art is amazing, really. Like how, how on earth we've managed that, I don't know. But the tutors are brilliant. We've got uh, consistently outstanding from, from Ofsted, from our inspections. We, you know, we really are enthusiastic and passionate about sharing our skills with people across the city, really. And I think that's been the key to it, you know, alongside all the, the embedding of wider aims and we've got to get a bit of maths and English and IT in there and, and it's all about the progression. So we've got some really nice routes for people to move to beyond that. And I think that was the magic formula, but we've, we've built from that into other grants and other funders and, and people like the Arts Council that Vince can probably talk to us a bit more about than me. Yeah, so I think before I kind of put my stamp on NBC and then set up at Norfolk Street Arts, NBC hadn't had any Arts Council funding and I very much kind of took the lead on the Arts Tough Council applications. Arts yeah, that they are quite quite lengthy documents. I really enjoy doing them. Mm. I really enjoy. And he's ever so good at yeah, as well. I really enjoy doing them, and I guess that kind of came out of my kind of studies here, actually, in this building um, for um, this MA building? curating. Yeah, MA curating was based in this building. Oh no so. way! The media centre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I presumed it would be over at Priestman or something. So that's where I learned to do my grant funding, really. And then I uh, was out- like curating masters, wasn't it? Yes, MA in curating. So um, I, out of that, I wrote the first residency project, which is finishing now in Mackey's Corner. So that was a nine month long project. We've resubmitted. The selection process is ongoing now. That's funding through NBC this time. 12 month project this time. So it's a bit longer. So there's more studio space different project but essentially the same idea of supporting two creative practitioners for a long sustained period of time and then Norfolk Street Arts has just won its first Arts Council grant to develop its first exhibitions program. Congratulations. Thank you so hopefully that will be the first in a long line of projects that Norfolk Street Arts delivers. We are working on other projects too however the Arts Council grant will pretty much lead us into developing a public and sustained activity. So we're going to have four <coughs> exhibitions between September and April, two of which will be open calls towards the wider practitioners of Sunderland with specific target applicants. The younger graduate applications, so one open call will be specifically 19 to 25, and then the next open call will actually be more in line with supporting older generations so over 50s because I'm very much aware that there's there's a lot out there for like younger practitioners and sometimes older generations can be kind of overlooked because there's so much support for younger artists so I kind of decided to put that down on this application and the Arts Council 
liked it and funded it. And so we're going to have some sustained activity mm. up until April. And then I need to get the next project in. <laughs> <laughs> Just in the space of like, what, 15 minutes, we've mentioned so many talking points that we could go on to, like the artist mentoring program that you were talking about earlier, Mark, and also, uh, as you say, this this new residency, the second round of funding. So there's definitely more to talk about over the next 40 minutes here on board Arty Party. I wondered if either of you could give me some insight into the challenges of setting up your community interest company. You find at first that you are just banging on closed doors again and again. People want you to have a track record. They want you to have shown that you've already delivered things. And you can't do that. It's it's like trying to get a job in radio or as a gardener or a joiner without having any previous experience. You know, you've got to have experience. How do you get around that? Well, how and do you I get think, experience without experience? Well, exactly. Maybe. Yes, this is it. So I think that's probably the hardest thing. And there's a few routes around that. The route that we took was to form a limited company and, and win contracts for delivery, which could then be novated across to our new company structure. Other people do it through uh, working in other organisations and, and taking on roles as funding officers and directors for other organisations and then setting up their own. And some people just slog it out, you know, and, and they start as sole traders and, and move up to, to being a kick, which is one thing that we try and support people to do. But but actually, I think that what's always a challenge and, and was at the start and, and even is now I think our turnover now, it's about £220,000 a year. And we've still got cash flow problems. There are still so many occasions when I look in the company bank account and we've got 200 quid and I've got an 11 grand salaries bill, you know, to pay within a couple of weeks. And I've got no idea how that's going to be paid. And, th- and this is recurrent. And we always get there in the end by hook or by crook and ringing people and, and asking if they, can, uh, if they can process things early. But, you know, it... <sighs> It's like digging sand out of a hole sometimes, and it never really goes away. And I thought that it would as things got bigger and scaled up. And I think people sometimes look from the outside and think, oh, wow, look at all these things they're doing. They must be absolutely minted and all of this. And and they just don't see how lean the margins are and how stressful and hard it actually is to make a go of it on what you are allowed to draw down from grant funders, you know, especially when you've got a bit of a, a vision, really, to to go out there and to and to make change. It's really not easy, you know, and, and I've, I've seen people come into it before and, and set up and, and they get through as a kick and they think, right, great, what do I do now then? And, and that's kind of where the conversation stops because there's no guidance, there's no framework, really. There's people that can help give advice and, and we are lucky to have some good support services in the city. I mean, I know, Vince, you accessed some of that over at Hortonley Spring, didn't you, that, that was useful for setting up as a kick? Yeah, um, so I set up through the Enterprise Place. So they pull in consultancy in order to kind of help you alleviate some of those like initial setup costs. I set up my own, so I did my own paperwork and all of that sort of thing because I didn't have those costs for accountants and that sort of thing so it is very much it's very lean Norfolk Street Arts is very much kind of DIY artist led which is what it is so those difficult things are the setup for the very lean organisations are kind of the, the, the access to legal and financial support is some of the most difficult things to do and you kind of are kind of feeling your way around in the dark and you've kind of just got to hope for the best and go for it. Yeah, and but also if you've got a small organisation and, and you're setting up, you know, you are doing absolutely everything. You're, you're the director, you're the accounts person, you're yeah. the, your credit control, you're also the, the main 
delivery and project officer, you're the grants writer, you are the, the washer up at the end of sessions and, and it's exhausting. You know, it's it's really absolutely, especially if you're doing community activities and workshops. I mean, crikey, I, I would do kind of 12, 14 hour days as standard and still be running around sweating, carrying boxes around long after the sun had set, you know, thinking, why on earth am I doing this? And and there does come a point where you think, you know, it's it's constantly about that scaling process and you're scaling to try and gain security and, and gain a bit of reprieve and respite. It never quite comes in the form that you think it's going to because you just get other things added to your plate. But I think it does get easier as you get more established. We're finding now that as the responsibility increases, if you get it right, the stress should actually lower somewhat. And it does. But I really I don't envy anyone that's setting it up because we do all, what we can to support them. But it is exhausting. Well done to you for helping take some of that burden, some of that pressure in, in the grant applications, in finding space, in accessing guidance and off some of these people who are starting up the, their own journeys as artists, as creatives. Yeah, well, that's as it. Sole traders. I think it makes the most difference is, is having support and it's knowing that there's someone there that you can turn to who's been there and done it and, and actually might not know all of the answers, but can really be very useful in helping. And it's giving that framework to people as well about what is important and what you should be putting your attention into and where your energy should be spent because that's a finite resource that we've all got. And it feels like you just have to expend way over and above what you're capable of when you're starting off. And and it isn't necessarily true. If you can work smart, you don't. It's still going to be tiring. You still have to have your heart in it and and believe in it. But you can get there much more easily and, and painlessly by accessing the support that we're offering. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it's just confidence and kind of instilling confidence in people to do that. And if all of that is kind of there, then the confidence is just given over naturally. Mm. Jay here. Hello, you lovely humans. Thank you for listening to the Arty Party podcast. Uh, Before the second half of this episode with Vinnie Todd and Mark Burns Cassell, I just wanted to say a quick thanks to our generous Patreon supporters. If you've not heard of Patreon, it is an online service that allows you to support creatives, artists and projects of many kinds over a longer period of time. And it's because of our five incredible backers that the Arty Party podcast even exists. One of the things that you can do on Patreon as a creative is set different rewards as an incentive to invite people to give different levels of donations. For instance, one of ours is called the Arty Party Bestie. At this level, $6 or more, all backers get a few different rewards, but one of them is a free piece of Arty Party merchandise, whether that's a mug, a travel mug, a tote bag or a t-shirt. Sunderland-based visual artist Stephanie Smith, whose work has been featured on National BBC Radio, has asked for an arty party t-shirt. She's ordered one in a navy colour, which really makes the bright colours of the logo pop. Tell Irby, who's a freelance DJ under the name DJ Awkward Black Girl, and who runs her own network of all-female artists, crafters and DJs called Sister Shack, well, Tell has opted for an arty party mug, Perhaps because, like me, she's a big lover of coffee. But one reward that we give to every Patreon supporter, whatever level they donate, is a shout-out on every episode of the podcast. 
So also thank you to photographic artist Joe Howell, audio producer Laura Willis, and now our latest Arty Party bestie on Patreon, Nikki Kaur, the founder of interactive storytelling company TriLife TV. Nikki, pick a free gift and we'll get it shipped over to you. I'm here live with Vinnie Todd. Hello, hello. Hi. And with Mark Burns Cassell. Hello, good, hello. Good morning. Good morning. Say some words for me. Because you're very loud, Mark. Am I? I've been twiddling with this lollipop thing <laughs> on the desk. That's oh, quite... don't Do you know, with my lollipop. If anyone ever comes in here, there's like a, they've stuck a lollipop stick in, in the volume control on the desk. <laughs> <laughs> trying to try to hear what's going on here, you know. <laughs> Started getting like Titanic theme tune music coming on when I turned it on. <laughs> Yeah. Do you want me to twiddle this? Please stop twiddling it. All right, hang on, <laughs> I just lost it in one ear. <laughs> so Mark, uh, Mark Benz-Cassell is from NBC Arts Wellbeing CIC. You are the director of that based in Sunderland. God help us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Vinnie Todd from Norfolk Street Arts CIC. You are the director of that community interest company. Hello. I am. I'd love to hear about your collaborations with each other because I know that you're, you're partners in life and partners in business. And for me, for someone like me, I would probably get quite annoyed and stressed out if like, I was around the same person yeah, that all the time. Yeah, that happens quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've moved two buildings away, so we've yeah. got some space he's, for he's, each other. He's got three flights of stairs to get to him now, and I'm, I'm not prepared to climb up three flights of stairs. Yeah. So it's kind of, I mean, you know, we've each got our own company and we work very closely together and we do a lot of work together, mm-hmm. but, but really we're, we're in separate buildings now. So, you know, it's just a case of catching up over yeah. coffee halfway through and having a quick Greg's oh. and then uh, a lot of Greg's lashing back on, you know, so other pastries then, are available. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So we make it work. I think it's, it's very intense as a model and it certainly wouldn't be right for everybody. Yeah. But we just, I think we're getting better at not talking shop outside of work sometimes mm-hmm. and, and kind of sectioning off those different parts of the day, you know, where, where it's kind of we are at work and we're not at work and being quite organised in that respect. Would you give me a quick breakdown of, say, the street that you're on, on Norfolk Street? You mm-hmm. own 31 and you yes. also now owned, you've owned that for a couple of years. <clears throat> 18 months, yeah. 18, it, it feels I like know, longer. I know, isn't it crazy? We've like Gosh. taken over Sunnyside in 18 months, yeah. And now good. you own 28 and 29, well, which are currently yes, developing. We rent 28, but oh. we own 29. Yes. Oh, interesting. Yes, so uh, 28 and 29 came up together. And they wanted, I think, you know, don't quote me here, uh, Lofthouse and Partners <laughs> in the city. But I think they wanted about a quarter of a million for, for the two, which I thought was a, was a bit steep myself. But then one day I just looked and they'd taken, again, don't quote me, around about £50,000 off the price. And I was like, oh, actually, you know, for two buildings with a big warehouse at the back, there's potential in that at that. So we got together with Media Savvy Kick, who I'd mentioned about, 27 being available to and they, they secured 27 and we went in together and media savvy took 28 i took 29 and we reached an agreement where we would rent back 28 from uh, from media savvy so and it's worked really really well hasn't it you know yeah. we, um so there's like a, a warehouse at the back of 28 which is our blacksmiths that was part of the the purchase on our side so we've actually got 29 and the back of 28 and the car park at the back of 29 and Dan's got 28 itself, like a little island in the middle of all of this empire, you know. <laughs> um, I haven't bought a building yet. 
<laughs> no. I might do. Well, we've, we've got the word yet. That's yeah. perfect. I might do. That's yeah. room. But the idea behind owning these buildings, not just to have a space for yourselves to work, but also a space oh, to yeah. let out to other well, companies and that, artists. Well, even, even bigger than that, really, to facilitate our, our vision for, the, for Sunnyside and for the city as a whole, you know? Like, I'd, I really feel that what we're doing is very unique, not just in Sunderland, but in, in the north of England generally, purely because of the variety of what we're doing. Like, yes, of course, there's other arts organisations that are offering artist studios. There are other organisations doing fantastic work in the community. But we try and do all of it. And I think that's what makes us unique. It's the sheer breadth and scope of, of the ways that we offer for people to get involved with us, whether you're an emerging artist you know, or still at university and thinking, well, I'm having a great time here on this course, but actually, have I got the practical skills that I need to be equipped with in order to resist the temptation of someone offering me a, a career at a desk mm-hmm. um, and actually go into this and, and do what I want to do for myself? So we appeal to those people. We appeal to people who have... You know a hobby that they want to develop more maybe they're even working full-time and they want somewhere else to be where they can just create and know they're part of something bigger that's that's a, a big draw for people yeah. and also for people who who are at you know, approaching the end of one career, maybe, you know, to kind of link in with Vince's open call of, of the over 50s that might be at the point now where they've got a little bit more financial security or actually they, they haven't and they're just sick of working 40 hours a week anyway. So, you know, they're working more part time and they want to dovetail one job falling away as their artistic career flourishes. That's uh, that's probably our three main yeah. catchment groups, to be yeah. honest. And I think um, it's interesting that you said that people at university wanting to sink their teeth into it. It's- quite interesting because that's how I started really because I kind of just came to you and said let me write an arts council grant Mm. and it's kind of just carried on from there I guess and there's something there's something quite interesting in that I think because when Vince first said you know when you said oh come on let's let's write a grant I was like oh the arts council that's like really really posh you know, and I'm not sure we're, we're quite arty enough for the Arts Council. And Vince was like, for goodness sake, look at what you're doing. You know, you're working with thousands of people across the city. Like, you're far bigger than so many people. You know. And I'd kind of had it in my mind as this almost unattainable thing for us because we're rooted in community arts. You know, we do practical applied arts. And I thought, hmm, I'm not sure if we're kind of highbrow enough. But actually, as we've started to develop a relationship with the Arts Council, I've seen that that, that was my error. But I think there's something in that that's really interesting because yeah. other people might feel the same. And I think moving forwards, looking at the three Arts Council initiatives, I think there is maybe more scope to look towards the Arts Council in terms of how NBC can develop new projects. Mm. So we should definitely... Oh, yeah, I mean, all, all on board now totally on the page with that, uh, which is great. But I think it's just that initial, you know, we'd been operating. I mean, we're an arts organisation in Sunderland, very deprived area, creative economies very reduced in the city. And we'd been operating for kind of four or five years at this point, and we'd never even had a conversation with the Arts Council. And, and this is pretty much unheard of, you know, to have got to the size that we were then without having looked to the Arts Council at all. And I remember I went in and they've got this lovely office in Newcastle, a big kind of shiny place, and you go up all these stairs and sat down. And they were like, well, wow, you're doing all of this in Sunderland? And we didn't know, you know. But to me, it was really demonstrative of, of what we are trying to encourage other people to see which is that if you believe in yourself you can you know and I thought well what what a learn for us really 
because that's what our studios program is all about. It's about working with people who might not necessarily think that they are capable of, of getting a grant or, you know, that, that they even can, that it's possible for them and, and demonstrating that, that with some hard work, you actually can do yeah. that. I mean, I left my BA and I didn't even know about grants. Um, I, I did my BA at Leeds College of Art and I kind of left completely clueless. It's only really through my MA that I kind of thought, hang on a minute, it's I can actually facilitate things. And that's why I chose Sunderland, because it was very practical in that respect towards the MA program in curating. What I find interesting is looking at how organisations kind of diversify their funds, because obviously the Arts Council can't sustain everyone for everything and I think MBC Arts Wellbeing has done quite well since setting up a kit because it's done it's had awards for all funding it's had um, heritage lottery funding Greg's. it's had Greg's funding it's had postcard lottery you've you've had a lot of yeah. grant funding cloth you, workers so. and cultural spring are our great friends hello yeah. Michael if you're listening so, um, yeah love you, you know, Michael yeah he's, he's fab isn't he we love you Michael yeah <laughs> so yeah, it's. I mean, Jay's currently making hearts with his with his fingers into the air. You How know, did you see that? <laughs> <laughs> Mark, you were quoted recently in in uh, in the Sunderland Echo saying about about this idea that people leave university mm. and they they either like you, you said they go to cities like Leeds and Newcastle. They don't feel equipped to set up their own practice. And I love that you're you've got these opportunities now. For well, to answer this open it's call. a bit more than that, isn't it? Let's be honest. You what know, do you mean? well, I think they just don't see Sunderland as cool. No, you know, like places like Newcastle and Leeds, you can live in a in a caravan and be hipster and whatever else. But you know, thanks you try to and, you, you can you live try, in well, a no, as I'm well. saying nothing. No, you try and put a caravan in Sunderland, people are like what? You um, put so a caravan that, in Sunderland. That, that that initiative is gone. Um, <laughs> no. Anyway, um, so. <laughs> <laughs> what a shame. I, love I think we should turn the caravan there. into a portable radio station. Well, yeah, we need to. But, you know, so, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, yes. and, and we lose a lot of talent from our city. You know, they come in. I mean, look at look at Sunderland University, the, the, mm-hmm. um, the glass mm-hmm. and ceramics program. It's mm-hmm. recognised alongside Cardiff as being one of the best in the country for practical and applied ceramics. And naturally, we have the glass centre here where there's so many kilns and spaces that people can use. Yeah. And yeah. great staff. I mean, and, it attracts and they come in and then worldwide high quality stuff but yeah they do yeah. and I was very much the same like I graduated BA media production here and I was thinking I'm going to go down to London that was yep. my first thought yep. until I like established a bit of a life with my boyfriend up here and I only stayed because it was the the next step I guess yep. like just sticking with Andrew so yeah that's there how was I managed that. to catch Vince yeah, <laughs> yeah. my plan was to go to um, <laughs> London probably as well or Manchester Manchester yeah. would have been my top choice yeah, <clears throat> but um, I've been trapped here <laughs> so this is part of my ethos as well and what i want to do with arty party and speak up sunderland and other projects that i do in in the area it's that there, there is this hemorrhaging of people mm. after university that either return back home yeah they go back or they go, they go well there's not many opportunities for me in sunderland you are providing you both are providing opportunities for people in sunderland that's kind of the point of the residency as well that's why i decided to set up the residency was because it was a long period where people can really sink their teeth into the visual arts sector well actually it's not specifically geared towards visual arts but they tend to be the more popular applications and this current round we divided it up into two themes which was maritime commerce and exchange and glass and visual communication and it's quite an interesting look to see like who went for which theme in terms of which 
are the more confident practitioners and which are the more plenty practitioners for example maritime was a lot more popular than glass and visual maritime's communication cool, though, isn't it? yeah maritime maritime people i think really got excited about yeah. that one and i think there's a bit more i'd apply for that people kept applying. people were probably thinking it was a bit more specific the glass one but it didn't have to be. It could have been open to photographers. It could have been open to videographers. It could have been open to glass artists. Very open. It's down to interpretation. Selection is currently underway at the minute. So it'll be really interesting to see who gets that one. And, and there is a good appetite, I think, from people across the city to, to the opportunities that we offer. But we do recognise that there's still a lot of people there. For, and, and I'm not sure why that you know they don't put in applications and is it this thing once again of you know the lack of confidence and think oh they're going to be totally oversubscribed well actually we're not always i mean we always get far more applications than we have places for things but you know we we've talked at length before haven't we vince about yeah. you know the amount of students in arts courses at the university um we at sunderland yeah. college uh, you know at the glass center and we find it really, really difficult to, to get retention from those groups. The applications I've run haven't got a lot of graduates applying to them. But you have to ask why. I mean, why is this the case? You know, these people ostensibly, they're nailing their colours to the mast. They're coming along. They're spending thousands of pounds living in student accommodation, coming to the university, doing three years here. And we need to try and unpick what this thing is. Is it is it their belief that they don't need what we're offering? Because I've seen that firsthand, this this kind of naivety that comes from being immersed in something and, and being absolutely with the structure that the university offers and you feel you can feel your progress and you know you're inspired and you think, Oh, I don't need something like that and then actually the university thing ends and the illusion is over. And then are you already at home then back in Birmingham, you know? What is it? Or or is it this the lack of confidence thing? And people think, yeah, I'm just not sure I'm ready for that. I might think about it. Or is it the money thing? You know, because it's not free, but it can't be free because it's not funded. And it shouldn't be free because it's all about understanding the compromise and, you know, like you have to put in to get out. But we've had people say to us before, you know, I just... I can't afford that, that £100 a month. And I'm thinking, are you for real? You're spending £9,000 a year at university and this is as valuable as that in terms of your your development as an independent practitioner. In terms of practical outputs, we will give you what you need to get started. Mm-hmm. Take out a loan. Do it. I mean, these two previous people who did the... I know the new one is 12 months, but yeah. it was nine-month residency before. Susan Laughlin and Claire Todd, yeah. they benefited from the free space... Yeah. to utilise, uh-huh. from mentorship from you, mm-hmm. a bursary. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I know it's not what you've been talking about there in terms of £100 mm-hmm. to rent out a space from you per month, but that, this... With mentoring. Of mentoring. <laughs> <laughs> keep plugging it, keep <laughs> plugging it. Um, but yeah, just the very fact that you're offering this to people, and, and to hit on Mark's point as well, I think there'd be personally a third reason why people wouldn't want to... It's commitment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think True. that that's a big <clears throat> key factor, and I think that's why we decided to even prolong the time period for the residency because we want people to commit and we want people to really. Yeah, their but then in. people commit to a, a, a BA for three years, yeah. you know. But is that because of this, this institutionalized thing where you're at college, you're at sixth form, and it's being drummed in? If you yeah. want to make the most of your life, you must go to university, you know, which isn't strictly true. No, let's be honest. No, university achieves great things. You've got a degree. You've got a degree, Jay. I've got a degree. We all have our degrees. But, you know, it's not the end of the world if you haven't got one. Absolutely um, not. Absolutely. You know, so, yeah, it could be that. But, I mean, for, for me, this is 
the opportunity that we are facilitating with with the mentoring, twenty four hour access, you know, nice and easy, just one payment. You get one to one mentoring from us, which is all about that practicality of what's your idea? Oh, I'd love to do this. Right, we'll find a grant for that, and then help you apply for it, help you get that in, help you cost it out in line with what this grant funder expects to see in yeah. terms of cost and identifying and, key networks. But as that well. could, yeah, and all of this can run beautifully, beautifully symbiotically alongside a degree, even in your third year, your second year. And by the time you finish your BA, you could be leagues above the rest by having had all that practical input as well, whilst also having a space to create. Because I think is if you're on the arts programme, you get your own studio space at yeah. the university. Yeah. But I'm not sure about glass and ceramics. Glass and ceramics. shared. Do. You get a little desk. Um, they do get some space. Yeah, they've got nice public like... spaces. I yeah. mean, you know, I used to have a studio there, and it's, it is a fab facility. You, you cannot knock it. It's brilliant. Very inspiring when you're in there and seeing all the amazing things that the, that the students are producing. But to, to have somewhere away from that as well, it just seems to me like a real missed opportunity for so many people mm. who could potentially stand to gain so much. And, and, and the real outcome, you know, I mean, we've talked about mentoring and grant funding a lot here, but I think that there's context that needs to be put into that. So we're saying we are committing to helping each person that comes onto this programme to apply for a minimum of £10,000 worth of funding every year of their tenancy with us to help develop their own practice. Now, that's not the same as us saying you're going to win that. Of course not. I mean, if we knew that, crikey, then, you know. Um, <laughs> but we'll help. And, and actually what we found already is I, I think about half of the artists on our programme, of the 17 that are on the programme currently, have actually won enough grant funding back to cover the entire cost of their first year of their studio. Which is a great ratio. Well, you know, that's what it's about. I mean, some, yeah. some of them have won thousands, you know, and, and we work to, to give employment opportunities as well. So we book them in for workshops to yeah. deliver our funded programs. We help advertise workshops they're offering. I mean, Darren, our blacksmith, he's yeah, absolutely right. flying on that. He's you know, busy. Mm, Very we busy. must have sent him 400 people through to, you know, on his various amazing, and they are awesome. Uh, they're one of the most popular things that we do is blacksmithing workshops to give it a go sessions. He's actually making a living really out of what we're sending him with the grant support he's getting and with it with a little bit of initiative himself to go out and get his own leads and and get his own bookings as well and and it's as easy as that but it's that step and I think if people could see where they'll be at by committing to it but it is maybe I agree with you on the commitment thing but I think it's the commitment of the money and people thinking "Mm, that's a lot to put forward and there are cheaper spaces in the city Mm. you can get on a meanwhile basis that don't have the mentoring but for us it's the mentoring that sets Mm. us apart that's the thing you know you could Mm -hmm. give someone a warehouse for five pounds a month (laughs) well it's true isn't it you know but Uh if they don't know what they're doing what they're going to do with it it's useless we were talking earlier briefly Vinny you mentioned uh, the enterprise place which is where they helped you and they helped me develop yeah stepping into that area and it's the mentorship that i really valued about Mm -hmm. this service that the university offered to students and graduates to help develop business ideas yeah that for me was the most beneficial part not the office space which i occasionally use yes exactly it was the mentorship and in fact i would go so far as to say the studio is, is is almost a token thing for some people. I mean, some of the artists that we've got are in there all the time. They utilise it absolutely to its maximum yeah. potential. But it's that idea of a transaction as well. And and people don't like to transact on thin air because what is mentoring? You can't really quantify that. It's what, like a meeting every month, a couple of meetings a month, eh? Yeah. You know, whereas if you're offering a space as well, it helps to, I think it's a comfort to people in terms of that actual transaction. Yeah. And I think uh, for what we're offering as well, it's 
very reasonable. Oh, it's dirt cheap. Like, Come on, I mean, I know. I mean, like, if you look at space in other cities, like studio space, is uh-huh. like really expensive. Like, I was looking at one in London recently, and that was a thousand pounds a month yeah, yeah. for a very small space. Yeah, um, but I mean, come on, it is Sunderland. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? have to be yeah. realistic. I'm, I'm However, you can't compare London but, to Sunderland. Yeah, Sunderland. what we offer it is outrageously cheap. I mean, that's very different from being affordable per yeah. se. And, and I must make that distinction because you know we do understand that it, that some people, and we've had people come through who just fall in love with it and just can't justify it, which I get, you know, and and I see that. But in terms of the package and what it's been put at we, we are doing it to try and get as many people as possible to, to engage with it because we want to help culture flourish in our city and there is so much talent here and so much latent talent that I think if it could just be focused a little bit more could yield dividends for, for the people that are practicing and for the city and the, the creative economy of Sunderland as well. Yeah, I agree. What I a think. fantastic ethos. I really admire the spirit and the change that you're trying to make happen, not trying, that's the wrong word, that you're beginning well, it's to a big make task. Happen. Yeah, of course it, it is. a is. big challenge. And, Especially know, since the area of Sunnyside, like, development collapsed after well, the financial crash you took crash the words out of my mouth, yeah, because we feel like we've inherited a bit of a gem. And already, the, mm. you know, words like inherited, there's a sense of ownership and responsibility there. But we do feel responsibility. You know, I mean, the, the Norfolk Hotel has been closed. You've got fantastic garden spaces there that, that as you say were done many hundreds of thousands of pounds were put into that and and i think actually there's a bit of a sense across the city that we found at first of people saying here we go again another sunnyside initiative they've done all that before it hasn't worked you know sunnyside's not going to work but we think that it is actually it's very community-led Yes, that's the thing. And, and obviously, we know that we're not the first people on the scene at all. You had Studio Q, you had Creative Cohesion. You, had, you know, there was a real arts trail previous yeah. a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And it sounded like it was absolutely amazing. Robert and that, Carr's new studio is being built there as well. Robert say? Carr and I forgot the name of the place. It's something studios, but they're, they're using the old Creative Cohesion building and revitalizing that. Ah, right, so that's right. I didn't know about that, actually. Oh, yeah. Right, 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 so that's Robert yeah. Carr. And is that the one on Nile Street? Or? No, the other street, the one with fennel, fennels or something. Fennels. No, I've got it wrong. It begins with a V. Niles. Villiers. Villiers. Villiers, Villiers that's the one. Oh, yeah, of course. Down at, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, yeah. it's two streets um, back from us, I think. So it has done before, but I, I think we're just we're trying to learn from what other people have done previously. And we're trying to learn from, you know, I don't want to say mistakes that other people made because it wasn't about that. But for whatever reason, it's not still happening now. And there has to be a reason for that, whether it's just people giving up in the end because it is hard work. or mm. But we're trying to, to create a more of a kind of a diversified business plan so that. It, it takes some of that hard work out of it. And if we're winning grant funding to support projects and we're doing independent initiatives as well, they both lock into each other really nicely in a way that I don't think has been attempted before. Sunnyside is a beautiful space. You've got grade two listed buildings there. You've got Georgian buildings. It's got a lot of history. It's got that beautiful parkland at the front. And, and quoted in the Echo the other day, is, and, and I stand by it, as saying that it's underutilised, it's underused and it's undervalued yeah. because it is. It's there and it feels like it's there for the taking, you know, for the right kind of initiative, the right kind of energy. There's already a thriving nighttime scene mm. there. There's some great bars there. We, we have a nice little cocktail out there after work sometimes. You've got the Thai place, which is lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Manor Bar has just opened up and they've done a really nice yeah, job in there. Yeah, they've done really nice. 
proper proper food. Good like, chips. Yeah. See, Good it's chips. an area that's totally, totally developing, and you are a big part of that. Yeah. And, of course, end of September, it's at the 29th, the Pride event is taking yes. place there this year, right. alongside mm-hmm. your art market, your second Indeed, art yes. market. And we have one on the 29th of September, which is when Pride's on. Hey. And uh, we're going to be showing our support of Pride, and <laughs> we've got some great big Pride flags, which we will be hanging out of the windows to welcome people. I'll just leave um, them there. I get so annoyed when they're just like a one year, once a year thing. Oh, I know, but they get raggy, don't they? Mm. You, have to put you don't want a raggy wash. pride? No, oh, okay. no. We did think about painting the shutter, actually, with, with, the, uh, oh, really? with the rainbow flag. Yeah, but, um, It's free entry, and we're going to have demonstrations, give it a go sessions, little mini activities. We're going to have artists from across the northeast exhibiting, selling their work. Uh, we've got open studios as well, so you're going to have a, have a route around behind the scenes at NBC Towers, and you can see what all of our lovely artists are up to. Um, you can and see the Norfolk Street Arts Project that operate across the three buildings too. Yep, that's it. And uh, meet our our resident artists through our Arts Council England funded programme. We'll have pottery demonstrations, oh. blacksmithing, all sorts of stuff. Will it be the new artists? It will. Oh, it will. Oh my <coughs> goodness! Provided contracts are signed, which they'll they be will signed. Be. They'll so, be signed. They'll um, be there. Yeah. How many is it this time? Two. Two, two again. Two, two again. again. A little uh, call to action from us. If, if anything you've heard today is of interest, then do please get in touch. We love to hear from people. You can do so by having a look on our Facebook page, which is NBC Arts Wellbeing. That's M for Mother, B for Bravo, C for Charlie. We've just uh, reorganised our spaces as well on our mentor programme, so we've actually got five new spaces. We should thank also the partners from the SI1 Residency Exhibition, University of Sunderland, NBC Arts Wellbeing CIC, Sunderland Culture, and of course all funded by Arts Council England. Yes. Absolutely. Always. Thanks. Thank. Thank. What a pleasure it's been to be on the on the radio. I know. Well, thank you both so much for joining us here on Board Party. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.